welcome to a football final edition of Section 247's The Goal Line Stand Off Football All the Time. I am Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern. And I'm sorry. <laughs> is, that we, is, that, is that how we should start this? Oh, by the way, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at GL Stand Show. And as an Eagles fan, I apologize. You don't have to apologize. Uh, Eagles fans didn't do anything, nor did the Eagles players. It really comes down to one man. It's his problem. And so he has to live with himself. And, you know, I hope you guys have a good sixth pick of the draft as opposed to the ninth pick. That's, uh, I guess, what it comes down to. Well, and that guy is, of course, uh, Howie Roseman, and because we blame him for everything, and he was the one that sent the radio signal down from the top to put in Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, look, it, it, you know, the other elephant in the room is the Giants ended up as a six-win team, and a six-win team uh, who has to rely on other people's help to get into the playoffs, you know, these things can happen, so... This isn't out of the realm of possibility, but what happened really, I thought, was, and we were texting each other as it was going down. Um, to me, I just kind of thought it was it was a bit of a travesty, completely removing what, completely removing my selfish interest because it was the New York Giants that potentially could have won the division. Um, you know, it, there's there's a difference between a sitting all your players in the beginning of the game or, or prior to the game, making inactivating them, saying they're not available, resting them, wanting to play younger guys. It is another thing to go through the course of the game, a, a game in which one team absolutely needed it, and the Eagles, who did not need it, were not only competitive, I think would have won the game, had they simply just continued the core. It, it was very close. It was a very close game. I think they would have won. No, no, absolutely not. And I think that's the biggest thing here is uh, you have to look at it that way, that Jalen Hurts wasn't playing well. So yeah. they actually might have had a better chance with Nate Sudfeld in there. I don't think so because of the style of quarterback you had. You had an offensive line who that was at that point – Dealing a, a, a an offensive line filled with substitute players because of injuries, because of sitting starters, that was dealing with one of the best defensive lines in the league. That is that is the lone bright spot for this Washington football team, and to have that with an immobile quarterback is a recipe for disaster. Let alone a guy who can't really carry and you know, hold on to the ball, things of that nature. Jalen Hurts, I agree, was not playing well. But even as poor as he was playing through three quarters, the Eagles were only losing by three points. You could argue that had Doug Peterson had – now, yes, Doug Peterson goes for it often on fourth down. But had he kicked a field goal, what about when they were at the 35-yard line and got to delay a game and then punted from the 40? He, he, was, you know, stealing, he was talking with Chris with uh, Chris Ash. Yeah. I, you know, I mean – Position's open. That is true. Um, but, you know, that's another one where that, that those were points that were left on the board. And I, I still think that there was a, a good chance had Jalen Hurts continued to play that the Eagles would have won. And moreover, Jalen Hurts is being considered as the potential quarterback of the future 
irrespective of whether or not he's having a good game, wouldn't you want him to have valuable fourth quarter reps against a team playing for its football life? Nate Sudfeld is never going to be anything more than a third string quarterback. He will never do anything more than carry a clipboard. And I'm not trying to shit on Nate Sudfeld. It's a lot better than I will ever have done in my athletic career. So God bless. But he is not a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. So you play to win. It's, it, take Once you inactivate whomever you have, you play to win the game. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just. Thanks, sir. There it is. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into the X's and O's of this whole thing. Uh, Do you, you just laid it out there. I mean, I guess you disagree with the decision, obviously. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with the decision. And I'm, I'm removing any selfish aspect out of this. And as I said, if the situation was reversed and, and so Nate Sudfeld was a giant, this was the Giants playing Washington and the Eagles needed the Giants to win for the Eagles to get in the division. You can sit whomever you want prior to the game. But once you start that game, you play to win the game. Now, I know a lot of people were talking about how, well, look, if this was for the first, you know, there are maybe special circumstances where you would still tank. But again, I think the tanking is done prior to the game. The tanking is done in terms of, let's call it the lineup management. But once you start, if this was, if the Eagles were playing for the first pick of the draft, that's one thing. Sit as many guys as you want. Sit Jalen Hurts. Run a single wing. Have the have the kicker be the quarterback. Let Jordan Mailata take snaps. But once you have your guys, you play to win the game. And by taking Jalen Hurts out and, and putting in Nate Sudfeld, you were giving up the game. I am a big believer in, and we've talked about this before, bad juju. Yeah. Now, this is one of those things, eh, I don't know that you you mess with it. I, I agree with you. It was Bush League, and I understand the, the thought process, but I again, I agree as well. Deactivate everybody. Yeah. Put, put in every – sign every practice squad guy you can get and put them in. You know, and again, going to the reaction, this is beyond just the giant – because, again – you know, if I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of which giant was Saquon Barkley was like someone explained this to me. Well, you won't really want it explained to you. You're a six and ten team that needed help to get in the playoffs, and it frankly would have been a disgrace. It would have been the first ever six and ten team to win a division. So I'm not saying the Giants deserve to get in, but I'm just saying that I do think. Uh, and I would encourage anyone who has not yet heard the clip. They asked Joe Judge in his season wrap-up uh, press conference his thoughts on it. And, man, did he take a shot, at, without mentioning it, take, took a shot at Doug Peterson. If you think about all the sacrifices involved in a normal year, 
for a player who is going through this process to get to the end of the year and you're not even going to try to win the game, let alone this year with all the sacrifices associated with COVID. And you're not even going to honor those players and the staffs and the administration's efforts uh, and sacrifices to try to win the game. That's, that is a disgrace to the game. So to me, that, you know, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, it's a shame on you. You don't think it was a fake Philadelphia Lansdale Catholic tough guy angle from Joe Judge? I agree with him. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. But but he's been getting shredded in the Philadelphia media because he's not a Philly guy. And uh, I don't know why that even matters, but that's what he's, happened. So wait, he's getting sh- Joe Judge is getting shredded by the Philly media? Yeah. Because he's not a Philly guy? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, like the, the Philly he is the I don't, but he is a Philly guy. Uh, he's a Lansdale guy. He, okay, and guess what? You know, well, me, see, that's where we I are. Though, get it. But, and that's where we get too parochial because you know what? At the end of the day, I understand it's Philly, it's New York, it's Boston, it's Baltimore, it's Washington D.C. But guess what? A guy from Lansdale is just the just as similar and has the same kind of value system as a guy who was raised in Nyack or somewhere out in Long Island or frankly, even somewhere out, you know, in Peabody, Massachusetts, if you actually had sat all three guys down, yeah, they'd probably differ as to which is their favorite food order or food item. You'd have a cheesesteak versus a, a Frankfurter versus whatever the hell they eat up in Boston. You know, it's Scranton with clams. If you watch the Brannos, lobster roll or whatever, they, they may pronounce words differently, but the you know the value system, the blue collar ethic, it's exactly the same. So to me, I think that's stupid. It's a northeast work ethic. So yeah, we we root for different teams, and that's why you and I, who were one is an ego fan, one is a giant fan, we view things the same most of the time. We have different tastes regarding uniforms, different things of that nature. You know, in our belief that you could have been a very good tight end in high school, but that's you know that's neither here nor there. Fantastic! <laughs> You'd be really good in six man football, by the way. You need to watch Texas Six. We'll talk about that maybe in another episode. But anyways, you and I share a similar value system. I and I, I was raised by someone from Brooklyn. You were raised by someone from Northeast Philly. So it's just to me that is a stupid argument. And again. I'm trying to remove the selfish aspect of it from my complaint because, yes, the Giants are the ones who stood to gain from this. But if the situation was reversed, you don't think Philly fans would be pissed off? Absolutely. Yeah. And either way, to me, if this had nothing, if this was being done in the AFC South, to me, it's still wrong. You know, I, I agree. I'm not going to play the angle that I don't. I agree with you. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on. Kind of talk about what what goes on from here. We're each going to do individualized breakdowns of the teams. You know, uh, vice versa. Uh, Eagles, Giants. We're going to switch off that kind of thing. That's going to be coming up. But uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, Giants, Cowboys. You know, it it I it was generally an impressive performance by the Giants. Um, remarkably, I have to say, Evan Ingram 
is without question the most undeserving pro bowler of all time. I can make you, not only I, I was talking about this with fellow Giant fans, you could easily make the argument that if Evan Ingram was not was inactive for all 16 games, the Giants actually would have won the NFC East easily. Think about it. He, he, he lost them the game, the first Philadelphia Eagle game. The overtime game, uh, you know, and then in this game, the Giants were, you know, basically running away with this game. And then Evan Ingram has a ball go right through his hands. Cowboys intercept it. Momentum completely changes in the game. And now you have a close game. The Giants were able to hold on because you know what? They, to their credit, that coaching staff has gotten the most out of that defense. And there are some really good players on that defense. And they were able to hang tight. And they won the game. But, man, Evan Ingram, it is unbelievable. A guy with so much physical talent. And he I, it's it's disgraceful, though. LJ Smith. Smith. That's who he, he is. is. He has more talent than LJ Smith, though. Borderline, but yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's unbelievable. I mean, this guy has cost the Giants so much. He, he cost them a division. He, you can say that. It's unbelievable. We're going no. to cut. We're going to cut the audio of that and put it out there for Giants fans. He caused them the division. Uh, before before we move on to the playoffs, the Clapper is getting looked at by yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to get to Black Monday here in a second, but yeah, interestingly enough, by all take them, <laughs> by all means, have fun. Uh, I was not overly impressed with Jason Garrett. I look. I think he was dealt a shorthand. Uh, I, I don't know when we're going to get into it in the show. You know, I sort of leave that to you. The putts of East Rutherford staying. They made the announcement. There's going to be a press conference at some point today. Well, they let's may get hold to it. Off. well, yeah. So, you know, the Giants now believe they are heading in the right direction. Now, to his credit, Dave Gettleman in his third year, I would argue, was better than he was in his first and second. You look at the free agency class, Blake Martinez, borderline pro bowl or borderline all pro. You know, the Leonard Williams trade. Leonard Williams should have been a pro bowler, is playing at an all-pro level. James Bradbury is a pro bowler, might even make an all-pro team. Logan Ryan should have made the pro bowl. Graham Gano just set the record for consecutive field goals made for a giant. He hit home runs with the free agency class. Now, the draft, Andrew Thomas, at least in the second half of the season, was no longer – he no longer played like Eric Flowers. He played like a quasi-serviceable, still-learning rookie offensive tackle. There, there's hope. You know, you had Xavier McKinney came back. He was the one who had the game-sealing um, interception. You know, he only played in three games, four games. There's a lot of hope there. So, yeah, the, the draft class is decent. I still think, look, you know, he – is the one who chose Saquon Barkley, the second pick. He is the one who chose Daniel Jones. And then and then also Andrew Thomas. That's the second pick, the sixth pick, and the fourth pick. And the offense is terrible. So, to me, Dave Gettleman should go. But Yeah, they're picked know? there if you're getting them in, in, success, in consecutive years that you're building off of. Right? Yeah. That's great blocks, great blocks. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the foundation is there defensively. And, and I guess you have to give credit for getting them in there. Um, and I think the other belief is that 
Joe Judge and him work well together because supposedly Judge and even Patrick Graham, the New York Giants defensive coordinator, whom the Jets actually asked permission to interview and the Giants uh, signed him long term. So he's not going anywhere, which I'm really happy about. Um, They said, you know, they, they work really well together. So I think that's the other element to this. And if that means that Joe Judge gets a little bit more of a voice, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess I'm okay with it because I, I like Joe Judge. You go down the turnpike, a mother, what, uh, 65, 70 miles, 90 miles at the most, and you see the exact opposite. So enjoy it because otherwise it could be a flaming shit show like Philadelphia. Well, so you know, from uh, MetLife Stadium to exit four of the New Jersey Turnpike is 87 and a half miles. Okay, so then another what? Ten, we'll call it. Yeah, I just—I mean, I've been doing that right all my life, but yeah, I just wanted to let you know. I appreciate that. What yeah, we got coming? We're here for what we have coming up here on this here program. Uh, some Super Bowl stuff coming up. We're going to start our mock drafts and combine analysis when we get there. Obviously, free agent analysis. Uh, we're going to be talking Pro Football Hall of Fame in depth. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit here, here in a little bit, but. A feature coming up is we're going to kind of look at each at each player, maybe do a quick rundown of them, and and put that out there for everybody. But uh, let's get to it here. Black Monday in the National Football League actually begun, I guess, Sunday night. Uh, congrats, Jets fans! Adam Gase is gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, Gase is fired. Doug Marone is out in Jacksonville. Anthony Lynn out in San Diego. And San Diego. Sorry, sorry, Chargers fans uh, out in LA. The Lynn one, let's start there. Yeah. Not a complete surprise, but a little bit of a surprise. To me, I think this is a stupid move. I really like this guy. I, I don't know. The the LA Chargers, and frankly, so I believe his first year he would they were still the San Diego Chargers. And then he oversaw the move to LA. This, so this team has just been ravaged with injuries throughout. Anthony Lynn's tenure as head coach. I guess, I mean, you know, we look, we you joked about before, I know that you you gave a few laps to the Philadelphia Eagles medical staff. I don't think a medical staff should cost a head coach his job. Um, you have the right quarterback, you have you have a stud young quarterback, you have pieces on defense, and you have guys coming back. If Derwin James could stay healthy. He's one of the most unique and and impactful defensive players in this league. So, and look, they also, by the way, as bad as they were playing, they they lost a lot of late leads. They won the last four games of the season. So they're trending to me in the right direction. I, I would have kept them. I really like Anthony Lynn. And as you mentioned, the clapper, Jason Garrett, is interviewing for that position. I would love to trade Anthony Lynn and Jason Garrett. We'll do it in a heartbeat. Anthony Lynn is, I think, a tremendous coach. I agree with you. And you see a lot. They were on hard knocks. And I remember texting you right away. I'm like, oh, man, I really like this guy. He's and a Parcells guy. I like a lot of the Parcells guys. Because, yeah. you know, they're, they're, it's just he, – it's a great coach, and I'm yeah. a fan. I can admit that. Uh, if there was a coach that I want to be like, he'd be one of them. Now, I, I wonder if this is more of a Dean Spanos thing. Like, to me, this is an organization that's just been 
in chaos. They don't know where they, they don't know where they live. So to speak, you know, there was that whole thing going on Uh, the Philip rivers exit. They're in transition. I just don't think that they were ready for a guy like this. Well, I also think the chargers, they share the stadium with the Rams and look, the Rams to their credit had a bounce back year. They're in the playoffs and they also have, and I don't mean this from a physical attractive standpoint, but they have the sexier coach right now. So to me, I, if the only reason I would get rid of Anthony Lynn is if you're going to make a splash, but to me, I don't think there's okay. A splash name is urban Meyer who we talked about briefly. And I'm sure if he gets one of these jobs, we're going to talk about more. I don't think he's worth it. He wants $12 million a year. He's not worth it. Right. No. And if he's going to make a splash, it's going to be in Jacksonville. Apparently yeah. the cons yeah. will pay for him, but I agree with you. Uh, they need, to, if they're competing with, yeah. the, with the Rams, you need to make that kind of hire, or you could have just been a good football team. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think they made a mistake here on top of it. If you're bringing in a new staff, now you have, you're exposing Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, excuse me, to a second offensive coordinator in as many years. You, the kid threw for over 30 touchdowns. He is a stud. He is a future pro bowler. He might be a future all pro. You hit a home run with your quarterback pick. Why on earth would you change everything there? It makes no sense to me. Is you just got to keep guys healthy. Is Eric B enemy a sexy enough name for the Chargers? He's not a sexy enough name, but well, as a cook, he he doesn't. He's not a splash hire. He's a good hire, and I'd have no problem with it. And, and has the, yeah, and he, and to me, then you have the you know you're. I gotta believe you. You have to bring in another offensive mind. And, but to me, I think Anthony Lynn was a good guy. So I, I I'm I'm disappointed for him. I'm frankly. I, you know, I know we always joke about me, you know, me with the bills. I, you know, the Chargers are a team. I, I seem to always have a soft spot for like a lot of guys on their team. And I, I'm just really bummed for them because I think this is a stupid decision. I agree with you. Uh, let's go with one. That's not a stupid decision. Probably took too long. Let's go up to New York again. I guess Florham park actually uh, uh, right near the library there. And and the dorm rooms at a <laughs> university. Yeah. Right move, wrong move, waiting to this point to give Adam Gase the ax. Well, I think that one of the problems was the only person who would have been a um, real candidate to be the interim coach was, what's his name? Um, the defensive coordinator who got axed, Williams. Greg Williams. So, and I think they didn't want to go down that road either. And I think the team, look, he, everyone knew he was gone. So I, I don't see there was any, I don't know if there was any point in necessarily getting rid of him early. I mean, look, you know, it's interesting. We mentioned Black Sunday, Black Monday. It used to be a lot more names, but think about this season. There's already several teams that have let go of their coaches, the Texans, the Falcons, the Lions. There were a lot of these teams already did that. Um, I, I don't necessarily know why you have to do that unless you're just trying to get a jump on interviewing certain candidates. But, you know, I, 
the Jets, it's an interesting scenario. They have the second pick of the draft. They're going to have a lot of money under the cap. They have an additional first-round pick. So it's an intriguing job, and it's the New York market. So, I, they're, you know, they're going to have their list of candidates. Before we get to Jacksonville, all those teams you just named have all, I, I believe every one of them has reached out to the Chiefs about Eric Bieniemy. That's yeah. going to be a hot name coming up in the offseason. Um, yeah. Other than that, name-wise, rumor-wise, I haven't heard or seen anything. I just checked football scoop just to see what was going on. This yeah. is weirdly quiet. Well, there's a bunch of names, but you know, going back to splash, it's not a splash name year, save for Urban Meyer. You know, I kind of compiled my own list. Um, so Eric Bieniemy is probably the top of the list. Another one, Don Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. Robert Sala, uh, who I think he's probably the leader in the clubhouse for the Lions job because he's from Michigan. I think even there was like Michigan legislators. Who, who I don't know if it was during a session in the state house or some made some kind got, of thing like Detroit needs to hire them. They got nothing else to worry about. Yeah, I know. Seriously, uh, you know, not like there's a pandemic going on or anything. Uh, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator from uh, Buffalo. Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa State. Dan Mullen, uh, who's actually I don't I don't get this one at all, but I've heard him. Uh, link to the Jets. I, I don't. I just don't see it. Uh, he's the head coach of Florida. Um, Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Jim Caldwell, who got shafted in Detroit, we've mentioned throughout the season. We, we've talked about that. Uh, Matt Eberfluss, who is he's the offensive coordinator somewhere. I'm, I'm forgetting right now where he is the offensive coordinator. Um, Marvin Lewis. And you know you know which name would have been a splash, but I feel like his shine has um, – the shine has worn off a little bit is Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. I, Not I, as much as the last few years. I, I agree with you uh, that he would have been wise to move a year ago, but I don't know that he's – Let's get into the college guy going to the pros. Like, there's certain guys. Uh, uh, what's his name from Northwestern? Pat Fitzgerald uh, just Pat doesn't want to uproot his. To me, unless the Chicago job came open, he's not going anywhere. Or Detroit. I he, mean, Detroit's close. Yeah, but I mean, he literally doesn't have to. I I think it would well, it would be like a five minute drive to the Chicago practice Detroit, facility, right? Yeah. To me, I don't mean to interrupt. Matt Eberfluss is the uh, coordinator. He's the defensive coordinator for Indianapolis Colts. Okay, yeah. I I just don't. It's going to be a retread here for a lot of these teams. Uh, you know, Marvin Lewis is probably going to be back in the league. Uh, Jim Caldwell deserves a job somewhere. So yes. as a head coach, so it's going to yeah. be interesting there. Let's talk Jacksonville real quick. Yeah, the rumors have been out there for weeks now. That it was yeah. Urban Meyer. And I think it was a lot of ha ha, yeah. And I joked about it. Urban Meyer is looking to get a bigger contract from Fox. Well, now there's reports that he's working on putting together a staff if the Jacksonville Jaguars can actually give him the dollar amount he wants, 12 million reported. Yeah. Why would they 
other than it's a a splash and it's a name and you're going to get and you're going to either get Justin Fields or or uh Trevor Lawrence, I would hope Trevor Lawrence, but you never know. We can have that debate here in a second. Yeah. Why why makes no sense to me. Makes absolutely no sense. He if, if you think about uh Urban Meyer going back to, you know, the way he used Alex Smith at Utah and with Tim Tebow and the different quarter, you know, the different quarterbacks he had at Ohio State. Braxton Miller and, you know, Cardell Jones. He's, you know, now you have Trevor Lawrence who, yes, is athletic, but you're not going to, you're not going to install a Baltimore Ravens-esque offense with Trevor Lawrence. That's the, you want to install a sophisticated NFL passing system with, with uh, Trevor Lawrence and, to, it's just, it makes no sense. And, you know, I would also tell you that, yeah, Urban Meyer, look, he won a few championships to his credit. Um, you know, first, when he first got to Florida, when they upset Ohio State, then you had the Tim Tebow run. Uh, then you had at Ohio State. But to me, one of the greatest uh, choke jobs of all time was the fact that he did not repeat with Ohio State. With that year, I, I guess so that so the year app the year after is when Chris Ash came to Rutgers. And I remember because I, everyone was like amazed. He's standing there with all of these uh defense. I mean, that was when Ohio State had like nine players drafted in the first 20 picks. That team should have won. And he didn't run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott. And that's why Michigan State beat them uh in the horseshoe. I, I'm not I'm not impressed. I don't think he's a great game coach. That that's the point of that argument. I- I would agree. I think he's more of a he's a college guy. Yeah. yeah. So I and, guess so he has good feel there's good feelings with him in Florida. He's still they still, you know, like him, I guess. Bring, bring back Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, then bring back the old ball coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we were just talking about the quarterback situation. Uh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, everyone knows what you're getting there. He's the heir apparent number one pick. Yeah. You had mentioned it at length. Justin Fields needed to prove himself, and boy, did he! Yeah, um, it, it's it, to me, it's going to make the next few months fun. That uh, Trevor Lawrence is still number one, and you know, people were like, "Oh, he didn't have a great game." He actually threw for four hundred yards um, and had, I think, he completed about eighty percent of his passes. So they lost the game. I was kind of happy about that. It's weird. I don't really like Ohio State. I just find Clemson really annoying lately. So, but look, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. To me, it's a really fascinating analysis who's going to be number two. Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? You know, he's kind of the other dark horse there. Um, So, but but Justin Fields, I also, so I said that it was a huge game because I think he, he won back some, a lot of the people who were starting to doubt him. But if he could replicate that to any level against Alabama, which is also a step up from Clemson defensively, I think then he really – I think then he's going to walk – he then has earned the number two slot outright. But to me, I'm now – for a while, I, I started out Justin Fields number two. Zach Wilson came in it for me. What I saw from Justin Fields 
uh, in that semifinal game, he's my number two guy. I think sometimes, and we're going to talk about this a lot when we get into the mock drafts, it's the issue with scouting, you know, you focus on the negatives or do you focus on what they can do? Because to me, I focused a lot on Justin Herbert's negatives, which is why I had him ranked behind Joe Burrow and Tua. And guess what? I think he's the best of the three right now. And Joe Burrow's really good too. But Herbert is special. Because why? Because he he does have special skills and you need to be able to project those. You know, that's part of the scouting that, you know, it's not just simply you can't worry about it. At some point, you got to be like, look, this guy has special talents. Let's run with it. So, um, you know, again, I'm really to me, Fields performance just makes the draft process that much more interesting. Um, And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, we, we are going to have a lot of fun with that. Let's talk Heisman, Devonta Smith, first wide receiver since uh, Woods in the win. The right, yeah, yeah. No, I, I Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard, sorry, Ooh, wrong yeah. Michigan guy. Uh, Desmond yeah. Howard to win the. It's a Heisman. long stretch. It is a long stretch. He should be the Eagles' pick at number six. It won't be. That's besides the point. Um, oh, why do you say he won't? I, what is your? Why do you two, say he won't be? Two words for you, Howie Roseman. How he was. So, so you think? So, okay, so your argument is, just the Eagles won't want him. I just want to know: Do you think he's going to be gone by then? I don't think he's gone. He'll, uh, they'll pass on him. I don't think they'll pass on him. I don't think okay. he's gone at that. I, I think he's there. I think Jamar Chase is gone. I think. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see how that kind of all plays out. Now, I'll tell yeah. you what: I've seen some mocks where Penny Sewell has dropped down that far. I wouldn't have an issue there. Well, and then by the way, the other guy who creeps up there is the guy I had uh, I mocked to the Eagles, Rashawn Slater. Who, by the way, some people now are thinking is better than Penny Sewell. I don't agree with that, but I think he's he's the number two guy now. So, right guy to win Heisman? Huh? Was Smith the right guy to win the Heisman? Yeah, yeah. I can't believe Trevor Lawrence came in second place. That to me is ridiculous. That's a uh, it's that it's Trevor Lawrence is is a better pro prospect than Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. But if you look at them statistically, he was in third place of those three guys for every major statistic. I I don't disagree with you. Let, let's yeah. talk about the, the 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 college football playoff as a whole. Uh, I don't think we were surprised by Notre Dame bowing out the way that they did, but <laughs> Ohio State, man. Yeah. I, I, oh, Rutgers played Ohio State tougher than Clemson. In the second half, yes. Uh, well, that's, that's, <laughs> all, that's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. There was that second quarter that was a little ugly. Um, I guess let's start with the Alabama-Notre Dame thing. Um, you know, I, I can't fault Notre Dame. You know, Everyone's like, oh, Notre Dame, they suck. And, the, you know, Notre Dame plays who they play. And, by the way, Notre Dame doesn't have a cupcake schedule. And they didn't have a cupcake schedule this year. I understand they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, but you can only control who you're playing. And it's not like they had the Coastal Carolina schedule. Uh, to me, this is also, though, why we need to expand the playoffs to eight, just to get some fresh meat in there. And that way, I think you'll see some upsets in the early rounds. But we, you know, we'll talk about that more. But you know, Alabama was honestly just toying with them, and they hit – you know, they hit the cruise control 
I honestly think even before halftime, it, it was it was dumb. But then going to Ohio State, look, Ohio State has thoroughbreds. They just had not put it together for four quarters all year. And frankly, you know, they started out a little shaky here. But then Justin Fields just had such a tremendous game. The defense played really well. Uh, I, I think the one thing you saw is, you know, in previous years, Trevor Lawrence always had a first-round wide receiver. He had T. Higgins. Remember, this year he was supposed to have Justin Ross, and he had the, they uncovered that spinal issue. I think he's supposed to come back next year. Trevor Lawrence is gone then. But, you know, so he didn't have that playmaker. And I think in addition to Justin Fields, the other guy who really improved his stock was Chris Olave, who really was just a burner. It was it was impressive. And the offensive lineman for Ohio State, really this year more than the last few years, the, the Ohio State offensive line was able to dominate the Clemson defensive line. So now moving forward, we obviously have uh, Ohio State, Alabama. There are some COVID issues apparently with Ohio State, which has kind of been their MO all year. This yeah. game was played Monday night, right? Like, there's I know there's a contingency to push it back, but I, I don't. That can't happen, can it? Um. Uh, so I, I guess it would depend if you got to more than like three or four starters, maybe then you would. Because I think the other thing is. You're Alabama. Do you really want to win a national championship against, you know, a gym, a second string team? You got to have some pride in what you're doing, right? I, I don't know. I would, I, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's unless sort of. Unless you're Kyle Flood, what do you care? You're going, you're going to be the offensive coordinator for some unbelievable reason at Texas. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, he's basically going to be the offensive coordinator in name only because he's not going to call plays. He's just going to, uh, he'll talk to, he'll, he'll dress incognito and, you know, he'll, he'll get a nice cowboy hat, go talk to the professors incognito, try to work out better grades for the players. And, you know, you said there's a really good concert scene in Austin. Yes. So the nights before the games, you know, he'll, uh, he'll have some really good places to go yeah. check out. Yes. So, correct. Yeah. yeah but absolutely. I, I, I give Texas actually a lot of credit uh, regarding, firing Tom Herman because I think they're saying they're trying to hold themselves to a higher standard, essentially. You I know? Agree. But, you know, I don't necessarily know that Steve Sarkeesian's the guy. Texas roots though, they say. So we'll see. It's a nice off season thing we can follow here. NFL playoffs are set. Yeah. Uh, why don't we run that down? I don't think there's anything really shocking here. Do you? No, there's no, there's nothing shocking. Um, uh, I mean, the the shocking thing is is probably Washington making it, uh, but obviously someone had to win that division. Um, and, and you know, look, at the end of the day, I, it was I thought they had a very unimpressive performance Sunday night, considering they had to win. The fact that they couldn't just put away the Eagles early and just keep them down, that's a bad sign. But what's interesting is, you know, Tampa Devin White, their middle Tampa's middle linebacker is not going to play. Mike Evans is banged up. So, I mean, look, you never know. You know, we always talk about you just got to get into the show, and you never know. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, Chase Young, who, by the, I mean, just a tremendous player, but how he was talking about, you know, how much he wants Tom Brady. Well, and then Bruce Arians is like, okay, well, you're going to get him. 
So it should be interesting. I, I do think that that's going to be a one-sided affair. Um, to me, I think Pittsburgh really lucked out in getting Cleveland. And then aside from the fact that now everyone in Cleveland is getting COVID, the fact that they didn't end up having to play Baltimore or Indianapolis, I think they really lucked out. So, you know, to me, the, the AFC is still where the sexy matchups are. Really excited for that Baltimore-Tennessee matchup. Yeah, let's run it down. Saturday, super wild card Saturday. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Rams at Seattle. Good good game out of the NFC. Tampa Bay, Washington. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, Baltimore at Tennessee. Really good game. Yeah. Uh, sh- Chicago going to New Orleans. Yeesh. And yeah. uh, the COVID Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. You know, first time in forever to get in. And then you get this. Yeah, your, your coach misses it. Joel Batonio, who has played his entire career with the Browns, uh, is a you know one of the top guards in the league. He's going to miss the game. Yeah, I I don't and you know I don't see how they're going to win the game considering they had to beat the Steelers last week and the so the Steelers did what the Eagles should have done. Returning to our initial discussion, the Steelers sat numerous players. And then once they had their guys, they went for the win. But even then, uh, Cleveland had difficulties winning that game. So I think Pittsburgh really lucked out. By the way, you know, talk about a sleeper game. That first one on Saturday, Indianapolis-Buffalo, that's another good game. The AFC is really, yeah, it's it's fun to watch. Watch out for your boys. Watch out for your Bills. My Bills, yeah. They're my pick. They're my pick to come out of the whole thing. Oh yeah, Buffalo. Is it going to be them against Aaron Rodgers? Revenge tour. <laughs> Goddamn right, it's going to be. Look, um, here here is my one issue regarding Buffalo. To me, the end of the day, you got to go through Kansas City, right? And to beat Kansas City, I think it's a lot like how the New York Giants beat the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl twenty five. You have to run the ball, and you have to control the clock. And I don't think Buffalo has a has a strong enough running game. I think that is their Achilles heel. Because you can't win in a shootout with Kansas City. Fair enough. That's I, my I, only I, worry. Whereas Tennessee, Indianapolis are more built – or, or better built, excuse me, to beat Kansas City as compared with Buffalo. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you there. Uh, rundown, before, so that's our playoffs. We're going to follow this throughout the course of the next month. Hall of Fame goes down to 15. Why don't you run that down because I got some problems with this. Oh, yeah. So I, I know you do, and I, I, I agree with them. But, yeah, so um, it, they cut the field from 25 to 15. So the 15 are Jared Allen. Who this is his first year of eligibility. <laughs> Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Calvin Johnson in his first year of eligibility, John Lynch, Peyton Manning in his first year of eligibility, Clay Matthews Jr. Now Clay Matthews Jr. That is the one who played for the Browns for twenty years. Not not long haired Packer guy. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Charles Woodson, who's in his first year of eligibility. 
The 10 that did not make it, Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, Willie Anderson, Bryant Young, Cornelius Bennett, Patrick Willis, Eric Allen, Rodney Harrison, Darren Woodson, Steve Tasker. Um, all right, tell me, which are your biggest issues? Then I'll tell you mine. It'd be more interesting if you weren't on mic, buddy. Or on mute. <laughs> EA is the obvious choice here. Like, come on, man. Like, what, what do you got to do here? And then after yeah. looking at some of the statistics, like Heinz Ward is another guy where it's like, oh, all right. And we talked about Steve Tasker. I mean, he's never going to get in, but he's another one that is deservingly should be there. Steve Tasker, they should have put in that centennial. Mm-hmm class because he he's never going to get in the regular way uh to me the of the 10 that didn't get in my two biggest issues are eric allen and another first year eligible one patrick willis because and i think this comes down to um i i just think it comes down to backlog a lot of, of the times where you know, like Patrick Willis, there's two other linebackers, excuse me, three other linebackers got in with Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, and Zach Thomas. I think Patrick Willis is better than all three. Um, but I think at some point he'll get in. And with Eric Allen, you can't tell me. I know a little different because safety, cornerback, different discussion. Uh, but you can't tell me Eric Allen I'd rather have on my team than Leroy Butler or John Lynch. And I, I, I know how much you hate Rondé Barber. I, I would still, I'd have Eric Allen over Rondé Barber barely. Barely. That, that's a debate. You know what this is? This is a segue to a future podcast where we're going to discuss this whole thing. Uh, well, yeah, we're we're going to choose our our five Hall of Fame. And then, by the way, it is important to point out there are additionally three other people up for enshrinement um, through the senior category. So. Tom Flores, who, by the way, I'm amazed he's, he hasn't gotten it yet. He won two Super Bowls. Like that, if you win two, you, should, you get in. Uh, Bill Nunn, and who and the guy who, I mean, he's really gotten the shaft, <laughs> but I kind of hope he still doesn't get in, uh, is Drew Pearson. Uh, I would agree with you there. Uh, yeah. I, I would agree wholeheartedly. We're going to debate that another time. That's going to wrap up this year program. We're going to come back uh, next week. We'll talk more playoff football. Some of the things, again, we got coming up, this Hall of Fame debate. Uh, we are going to be doing our uniform stuff and some of our pretzels and our laps on social media at GL Stand Show. I'm Mike. That's Brett. We will catch you next week and enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend.